episode 14. Today, we have a very, very special guest. And by special, I mean he's just a close friend of mine who also happens to have a pretty dope brand centered around dogs, Elias Weiss Friedman. He is, as you know him on the internet, the doggist on Instagram and a bunch of other platforms. He's developed in a pretty incredible brand just taking portraits of dogs and telling their stories while walking through the streets of the world, not just New York. So he has a really interesting story. He turned the unfortunate event of getting laid off into capitalizing on it as an opportunity because it was an opportunity for him where he decided to pursue what he's most passionate about. He's always had a creative angle. He loves dogs through and through. And he's built that into an incredible team and an incredible family of brands sitting underneath the doggist. And we cover a lot from just what helped him power through what seemingly would be a pretty weird career to tell people um, every day. It's not it's not exactly what you would outline as, well, I got laid off and now I'm going to walk around taking pictures of dogs because I feel like I can build the iconic dog portrait brand and that's that's not exactly what the doggist is obviously but you can imagine the pushback that one might get when they tell you that that's the career that they're pursuing and they haven't even created an instagram account yet elias did it and he's he's continuing to do it he's he's doing incredible things there's a philanthropy aspect of it finding dogs homes by using his platform he's turned it into a pretty phenomenal business with a bunch of different revenue streams and I'll let him detail that but it was really a pleasure to sit down with him and for him to take time out of his chasing of canines Um, so without any more rambling Elias episode 14 Tartar Project thank you for tuning in we're back thank you so much you weren't supposed to speak yet. I just, I just <laughs> couldn't wait. I'm kidding. What's my, when do I speak? <laughs> Today, we have a very, very special guest. Actually, I don't even know the full name that you want me to use. Is it Elias Friedman or is there a Weiss in there? I, I throw in Weiss a lot. Elias Weiss Friedman because my mother kept her maiden name. So, you know, why not? Yeah. Keep it's a hat it. tip. Yeah. Hat tip to the fam. Mom. I've, moms are great. Starting with a shout out to mom. Shout out to my mm-hmm. mom. <laughs> She listens every week, and I really appreciate it. And gives feedback on episodes, too, which is nice. Phil? Yeah. <laughs> Not what she sounds yeah. like, but it's amazing. Anyway, Elias Elias has a very, very, very special brand that uh, I have had the privilege of seeing uh, grow from literally day zero because he started it. Six years ago. This, this is a unique episode because I can actually say and mean, like, I knew Elias before he was the doggest. Right. Which I'm very proud of. People don't believe me. Yeah. Believe it. You, you knew me. You were hanging out with me before I was cool, so to say. Yeah. And now, now I just reap the benefits <laughs> of the doggest. That's right. You're one of the few special people that reap the benefits. <laughs> can, you, uh, can you tell the Tartar Project listeners what the doggest is? Yes, surely. Um, so I photograph dogs around the world. That's sort of the one sentence thing, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like humans of New York for dogs. I walk around, uh, New York city and based out of New York, but I travel the world and I stop people on the street and I ask about their dog and, and take portraits of them 
and ask for like a simple sort of anecdote or something funny or interesting and just want people to start talking and share those pictures and stories on online on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and the Um, and I think I photographed about 40,000 dogs in the last six years. Um, so you've been dog- cutting back a little bit. That's yeah, not really, impressive yeah. at all. <laughs> Highly sarcastic. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah, I know. Um, that's I've, insane. I've, I've gone through a lot of knee pads and, and ruined a lot of pants and, and, uh, dished out a lot of cookies. <laughs> And you've gone through a considerable amount of squeakers. Oh yeah. The, the squeakers, there's no shortage of squeakers. I, I, uh, only wear one pair of pants basically, or one, you know, design of pants. Uh, and there's squeakers in one side, dog treats in the other lens wipes in the back for dog slobber. Um, trash in the other pocket. Of course, (laughs) naturally (laughs) the catch all and, uh, and business cards in one. So it's uh, just sort of like I've, I've, sort of gain this whole outfit, this suit. I put on the suit every morning, you know, growing, uniform. Up, growing up, uh, Batman was my favorite superhero. And I, now you're the say, I, I won't say that I feel like Batman, but there are moments that's what it's about. I, I have a job and then I take off the suit and I'm, and then I'm not trying to be like some recognizable celebrity person who's in front of the camera. You you're know? the guy behind the camera. The guy behind the camera. And you're and telling the story of the dogs. The dogs, yeah, le- leading with the dog story. This is about the dogs. And I feel like that's been part of the the brand for since the beginning, which is an, es- an escape from the vanity of people. You know, like dogs don't care. They don't have an ego. They don't care about how they're perceived. They don't care that I, you know, when you take pictures of people, they, what's the first thing that happens? Like, oh, can I see it? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that one's not this, good. This angle. This, this angle. Yeah, that one's yeah. not good. Can you take 10 more? My eyes are closed. And then, and then they don't, and then they, they say, why did you post that? I look like shit or whatever. Yeah. Whereas dogs, you can shoot with like a super goofy wide angle lens and make them look ridiculous. And they don't ask if their nose looks big. <laughs> they just love how they, their nose looks. They, they, yeah. No matter what. Happy they about they everything. They don't care. They're happy. They're, they're, they're above it. We don't deserve dogs. We this really is what don't. what it comes down to. We really don't. And, uh, but somehow together, uh, dogs and people, are, you know, are like yin and yang, you know, cause the dogs want, want our love and attention and food and we want their, you know, unconditional love. And, uh, and we have the food and the attention. We have, we have it all. We have what they, what they want and need. And so it ends up being a great relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. One thing, well, my favorite thing is seeing the uniform, I guess once you come out of the phone booth is what I'm trying to get at. Yes. And you're in there. the doggest uniform. Yeah. You know, it's game on as, as a bystander seeing you oh, yeah. rock your craft. I get into a zone for sure. Truly does. And once, once he picks, he can't turn it off anymore, <laughs> but once he sees a dog oh. either across the street or in another room or something, yeah, the it's, crazy it's look on. goes over his face <laughs> and it's a beeline for that canine. <laughs> It really is. Maybe we should. That's, that would be a good tagline for the canine. Yeah. Make that your signature move. All right. All right. We've traveled a fair amount yes. together. We went to Italy together. We did go to right. Italy together. And Elias mentioned before that he today is not wearing them. He's uh, he's risking it a little bit. Uh, occupational hazard. I'm on doggest light today. Rocks knee pads, usually under pants or under his cargo shorts. You know, for the first time, you know, I've worn the knee pads without having full pants so that you can visibly see that I'm wearing knee pads. Usually I have them under my pants, 
but it's too hot right now. So I'm wearing shorts. And this last week for the first time in six years, I am comfortable enough with my whole, what I'm doing, I guess. Yeah. With your approach, with, with my approach to just have the knee pads out and just screw it. <laughs> love it. I love the free, I love, this is Doggus 3.0 essentially. 3.0 baby. It's crazy. <laughs> All right. So we'll, t- we'll take a couple steps back. I guess a lot of steps back. Where'd you grow up? I grew up outside of Philadelphia suburbs, oldest son to Jewish doctors. So uh, there was certainly that sort of, you know, from, from a young age, sort of this lingering expectation of like, oh, well, what are you going to do? And, and you're going to set a precedent for your siblings. I have a brother and a sister too. So that, and, and my, you know, my parents work all the time and they love their work. And, but I never sort of had that dedication to school. And I, I was always like, I had this entrepreneurial and creative spirit. Um, and a goofy spirit. And, uh, how would that spirit come out while you were growing up? Like, did you, did you have like a lemonade stand or was there yeah, other I, avenues? I mean, it, it definitely started with lemonade stand and, you know, the first way to make a couple of bucks, <laughs> the original, <laughs> the original way. It's the classic tried and true on the corner, guilt trip, beat passerbys into buying lemonade from you a hundred percent. Um, and, uh, and then I started a business called rat tattoo, which was a temporary airbrush tattoo business. <laughs> For like bar and bat mitzvahs and parties and birthdays, you know, rat a tattoo, rat a tattoo, yeah, that's amazing, yeah. And uh, you know, I saw some guys in like Key West doing it, and my and my you know mom like said, oh, well, you should do that, and like funded like the five hundred dollars, front of the five hundred dollars to uh, get the, the setup and the kit, and then I ran with it, was charging you know one hundred fifty bucks an hour to these, you know, because people spend these parents spend so much money on their kids' parties and whatever it is. Um, so I was making a good, good amount of money in high school and I had like an assistant and, you know, it was, it was a first sort of venture into, uh, being my own, my own boss. Um, did you keep that business going once you went to college? Uh, not really. I dabbled, you know, I went to like little fairs and things, but it, it was, it was just sort of like, you know, pocket, pocket money. Totally. However, my cousin now has continued that legacy. He called me last year and it's like, so I'm thinking of like starting the, uh, doing the, the tattoo thing that you did. Do you mind if I do that? I'm like, sure, go ahead. Like, do you mind if I also call it rad tattoo? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So he's There's literally a pretty steep franchise uh, fee. sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, but he was, it was, it's cool to see someone who, you know, a lot of the things that he was asking seemed obvious to me. Like, well, how much should I pay my sister to help me? Like free, a, nothing. Right. Well, he's like, you know, <laughs> fi- fi- right. Well, yeah. he was like, I don't know. It's 50%. I'm like, uh, no too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. You, you just have to, uh, start somewhere and you learn along the way. So it is kind of funny to think about those origins. Definitely. Um, where'd you go to college? I went to Boston university. I was a psych major, took a lot of business classes. So I basically didn't know what I wanted to do. I was, I basically, wanted to get through school and get out of school to figure out what I wanted to do. Just get your piece of paper. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of people for better or worse decide what they want to do, you know, freshman year or, you know, sophomore year. Uh, and a lot of people commit to it and they are happy with it. But I think you can also stick to something and then you realize you're unhappy when it's too late kind of thing. Oh yeah. So I, I don't know. I, like I grew up, like I said, with like a creative spirit. I had a dark room in the house growing up. 
So I was always like into photography and into dogs. So I've always been a dogist. I've always been uh, before the dog before I became, I, you know, molted and, uh, wow. And, uh, and went through, um, what are the, what are the butterflies do? <laughs> Transformation. Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. There it is. Thank you. What do butterflies do? What, what do they do again? <laughs> so you're um, in college. Once you got your piece of paper, you graduated. Did you go right into working somewhere or did yes. you? I, uh, I worked at a brand strategy agency called Siegel and Gale. So like one of the older agencies, like they are known for creating the NBA logo. Um, you know, I, I worked on the Mount Sinai whole brand refresh and uh, mega brands, MX, YMCA. So you're just like, uh, it's really, <clears throat> it was great to learn how companies, companies should communicate and tell their story. And it's all just like storytelling at the end of the day. Um, I internalized that for I, the future. Oh, totally. And I, I learned more. I think in those two years than I did in college because it was just surrounded by people who were smarter than me. Um, and, and you had to keep up and I had to keep up and figure I was, it out or sharpen and learning new things and words and like distill learning how to distill what a brand means to people. Cause people, I think think of brands as individuals in a, in a room at a cocktail party. And when you think of them in your head, it's like, Oh, well, you know, Nike's kind of like this and that, and this is what, this is how they act. Right this is what they mean. So they're just kind of like characters in your life. So that was sort of an epiphany. It's like, Oh, like, you know, that's, that's all it is. You're just kind of, uh, creating a, a system of communication and identity and yeah, hopefully totally people, that. that people like it. <laughs> I think, I think that's the reason that a lot of people flock towards brands and have a real affinity towards brands is because they, humanize them. They, they definitely identify with them in that way where it, they're part of their lives. And I see Nike on Tuesdays when I run just like Sharon. So mm -hmm. it's, it's just very much in that vein. So I definitely agree with that. Totally. And, and they've done an amazing job at distilling who they are and what, and who they are not. Definitely. And that's where I think that's sort of the thing that, uh, you know, the dogist is growing currently and it's expanding and it's important now to sort of understand who we are. And we'll get to that. I'm sure. Oh but, yeah. But, uh, well, actually I wasn't planning on talking about yeah, it at all. Yeah. That's all the table. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you can tell, uh, we're probably, we're 12 minutes in or so at this point, we are very sarcastic when we're together okay. and I'm, I'm trying to turn it off. I can't turn it's it off. Impossible. I get excited I just, when I see Elias. Run with it. <laughs> we we kind of riff on that. So do our best and I'll call it out every time it happens. I'm very <laughs> self-aware about it, but at the same time, I'm probably not going to be able to stop it. So Sorry, I'm not totally sorry. There's like a mod, like a moderate iota of sorry from I, me. I have zero sorriness. Yeah, I, I, well, no, that's good. You, you're the talent, so sorry. that you can afford that. Right, that's great. You can't though. I know, not <laughs> no, yet, not yet. Definitely, I'm far from that. Yeah, so far. <laughs> Give it a few more episodes. So, brand strategist. Yes, so I was brand strategist, and that was part of layoff, which is fun. Which, well, you know, damn it, there it is again. There it is it again, is. the sarcasm. Wow. You just, you just, you I, just can't I looked it, it right in the face. Yeah, yeah, and you said, we're doing this. Yep, sorry. Right, here we go. That again. one I was sorry. <laughs> yeah. Part of the layoff, though. You continue, sorry. Yeah, no, um, I was part of the layoff. Uh, you know, we didn't win Exxon, and they had to let go 40 people, and luckily, <laughs> I guess you could say I was one of them. Um, but, you know, I, I think I always had one foot out the door. Like, I was, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, so to say, in that like I was good enough to keep my job, but not good enough 
to really, you know, the, you know, when, when they have to let go of people, I was not, I was dispensable. So that was like an awkward day. And it was a, I was like, okay, I have this opportunity to not get the same job somewhere else, which is what a lot of people would do. Yeah, have to do. Um, and so I, I took that opportunity that I basically, uh, my parents were helping me, you know, not have to get a job immediately. I basically had a year. Yeah. Um, figure it out, to figure it out. And I took that year and, and made when a, did made you think for myself? So did you, did you originally take that year and you knew you wanted to do something along the lines of photography? Did you have inklings about other paths that you wanted to go? I, I started doing brand strategy for my friends who were doing startups. So I started in the, in the startup space. That's when I was like meeting with you and I was like, any ideas that you yeah, have? Yeah, what should like, I what? do? Just bouncing ideas off. I remember that. Um, uh, I started talking to more people and then I had this idea called Barking at Dogs where we interview people's dogs on World News, like a video comedy web series. Um, I remember And that, that was the first sort of step into accepting my insanity. Or, you know, at the time it felt crazy. Like we're going <laughs> to run around with a camera and like get dogs to bark and then... And make up fake make, interview questions. Make, yeah. <laughs> make up just random like interview questions about world news or whatever. And then transcribe what the dogs were saying into subtitles and just, and just, it was just the most ridiculous thing it seemed. Um, but, but wildly one, entertaining. Wow. It's so funny. It's still up there. Barking at dogs.com. There's two episodes. <laughs> what could have uh, been uh, one with Pascal and one with Addison. So <laughs> two, two, two phenomenal yes, comedic talents. Right. Um, not sarcasm, by the way, they're hilarious. Oh yeah, no, they're, they're it's worth a watch for sure. And I sometimes will rewatch them, and I'm like, oh my god, this needs to be picked back up. Uh, but that was sort of the first acceptance that like I'm willing to do something that no one else is doing. And in promoting that, I started taking portraits of dogs, and I was like, oh shit, like yeah, no one's doing the Sartorialist or Humans of New York for dogs. Here we go. Like, I can be that. I, I will. Person. I will do that. I will. I, I feel like I want to do that. <laughs> That's awesome. I missed having a dog. I grew up with dogs. Um, and I felt like, you know, you walk around the New York city and you have this like dog nostalgia is what I call it. Or this like long, like you, this, this uh, canine curiosity where you see the dog think, Oh, who is that? How old is he? Tell me everything. Talk to me for hours. Yep. Uh, but we don't, we just kind of walk by and back, back to Instagram. Anyway, what was, I, what was I doing? Um, but dogs, you know, I felt like that was a problem that I wanted to solve, at least alleviate, uh, in telling their story. So I will be the one who will approach that person with a camera and I will ask them questions that you want to ask. And I will have this moment with a dog that I will, I will, I, I always felt like I spoke dog, like I spoke their language. Like I, when I'm the guy at the party who's messing around with the dog, you know, the whole, the whole sort of vibe i can confirm he can speak to dogs yeah they they have a real calmness around yeah. elias <laughs> truly and i grew up as like a shy kid so the dogs i just connected with them i was just like uh they they uh there's no air of of uh you know expect they don't have any expectation of you they're just happy to know to meet you yeah and to out. see you to see you yeah you have food do you have attention right oh, you're the best person in the world right now yeah and i i love that and i knew that 
many, many other people would love that. And that's where sort of the business side of things occurred to me, where it's like, oh, wait a second, I can do something that I absolutely doesn't feel like work that I love. And I can conceivably create a business out of it because this was like six years ago, the beginning of Instagram, uh, it was still very new, but it was clear that it was sticking around. It was like, it was, it was the next thing. Um, so I was like, this is, you know, I'm, I'm going to have trouble explaining this to my parents and to other people because it's like it's kind of a crazy concept, but. Definitely, it, it definitely felt crazy at the time. Ish at the time, and a year later, it didn't feel crazy. But that first opportunity, that first few moments, I was just kind of like believing in myself, and just like you just create the audience, the rest will just manifest. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. The dogs are like an evergreen, forever loved. It's like on the internet, it's gold. Dogs are—I don't know what the best things on the internet are, but basically, dogs and naked people, right? Yeah, the, the two, two top hits on the internet. Yeah, right? And then you have like food and all the other stuff that doesn't whatever. matter, I guess. All, all the the dogs other, are primary, Dogs are, are, are here to stay. Cats, Cats get some also love too and, on the internet. And, well, you know, day one of the dogist was also day one of the catist. Seriously. Yeah, As no, in, I, uh, I, I know. I, it, I started, I, you know, I got both accounts and I was like, well, you know, if I find some cats, I might as well. It was also a good idea, and we were actually thinking about relaunching that, and when we when we have the bandwidth too. But um, it's a whole other arena. Cats is potentially just as big, if not bigger, than dogs. But I feel like cats have the slight hurdle that dogs don't have. They're mostly not walking the streets That's, with their owners. Right. It's a, right. It's a totally different approach to the project because I. I'm doing what I, you know, I'm walking around New York City. That's like the dream, right? Everyone wants to do that and other amazing cities. And I'm talking to people and getting lunch and whatever. Um, and that's, that's how I do my job. Whereas cats, you have to like make appointments and go chase them under people's furniture, their house. And like, eh. they're very sly. Yeah. And, and they're not as generous with eye contact and they're just harder to sort of, you know, be to get their attention. Yeah. Um, but if anybody can figure it out, I have full confidence in you. Oh, I, I have faith that we will find, and, and if it's not me who's shooting it, there will, we'll find a catist. Uh, I, I've never had a cat. I think they're beautiful. Uh, and I would like to have one, I think at some point in my life, but, um, I feel like there's someone out there. <laughs> it's like, uh, who can speak with them a little bit better. <laughs> Here, we're, more we're going, yeah. We're going back to the, uh, the Batman analogy where we need a cat woman. <laughs> um, yeah right I'm not I'm, I'm not going to promise anything but uh, certainly there is a, a uh, an interest in cats as well could we at least say it's a definite maybe definite maybe for Amazing. sure that, that's the <laughs> perfect amount of commitment that I'm looking for <laughs> for, for this project uh, hey you know you never know so you're you're walking the streets you've coined yourself as the doggest Mm -hmm. Did it take you a while to come up with the name, the doggest that you knew that you wanted to be known as the doggest? Was it a whole process or did it kind of just click while you were shooting the photos and like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to make it this. And if I need to change it later or whatever, I think there, it was like a definite moment. I think I was in SF and, uh, I just sort of like woke up and I was like the sartorialist for dogs, the doggest woke up, 
got the sat straight up in the bed, straight up in the bed, pitch dark, got the Instagram, went back to sleep. Beautiful. And then, and then, you know, the, when you have an idea, there's always like a ramp up. It doesn't like, it's not like you just like get up and walk out the door and just begin. Right. There's a sort of, you have to fight yourself for a little bit. It's just like this, you got to convince yourself and, and make it happen one way or another. But, um, and then there was, there was a dog, I think. So I had started taking pictures of dogs, you know, portraits and like started collecting them, but I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. Uh, but there's definitely a French bulldog in Williamsburg, a brindle one. I get that. And that was the first time I was like, Frenchies are my favorite. When the, when I took a picture, yes, as you have, you know, you like Frenchies, right? I do. <laughs> yeah. I dabble. He dabbles. Um, there was, uh, that was the first dog where the guy asked like, Oh, what's this for? And I said, the doggest. And I was felt like, good. It felt real good. It sounded right. Felt good. I felt like he probably took a step. Oh he, yeah. Oh yeah. He repeated it back just the way I said it, you know, and that was sort of the beginning. Um, October. Did you post that photo? I don't think I did. <laughs> I love that. No, it's in the archives. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I don't know if I did. That's for you. That's the start. Right. But the first photo was of the boxer that I met in Austria in, in, uh, in Vienna. And that was sort of the first dog that I felt like that was the first sort of the beginning of the, of the project unofficially where it was like, I just had an amazing interaction with a dog. I got a really funny picture. This is something. This is like, I need to keep doing this. Uh, and, I, and I also don't know that dog's name. That's one of the missing pieces of the whole puzzle. But I love the mystery. Mystery. A lot of good things mystery are found boxer. in a mystery. Right. The nameless boxer. And so the boxer has now become my logo. And it was literally that image for a few years. And now it, we, we had an illustrator making an you know, interpretation of that boxer and we call it the every dog because it, it it's sort of a dog that could be various breeds it uh could be from a shelter or not you know it's uh sort of represents sort of the universal dog i love that <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> anyway so here we have this this nameless boxer the uh inspiration for the the illustrated logo now mm -hmm. for the doggist that was the first photo on the doggest. And then how did you find it to be difficult to maintain consistency, to take photos, post photos, edit them the way you want and get into that routine? Because now I feel like you have a pretty finely tuned system. Like, yes, you have additional staff and everything and we'll get to that. But was that tough getting into that habit to become the doggest? Um, you know, not really. I think the, the, the fun and the most fun part of the whole thing still to this day is going out and shooting. Right. It's like, it literally just feels like a dream. I'm just like, cruising You're not around. Working. I, I'm not, You're doing what you love. I'm not. Yeah. It, it just doesn't feel, um, I'm literally like I tune out from the whole rest of the world, not on my phone, not on anything. I'm just sort of walking around downtown Manhattan or central park, literally walking the park. Um, making beelines for canines. Yeah. And like stopping people, and want, talking about something they love, you know, like the most, the easiest conversation you could possibly have. I'm not like asking for a photo of them or like their life story, like what humans of Brandon of humans of New York does, like something I could never do. Like he has a, a way of getting people to open up. Whereas I am having, I am talking to the dog, you know, and I, my, You're using the my, human as a medium for the dog. I, yes. Like, I'm, I'm asking, to I'm them asking the, 
the, the, the human as an ambassador of the dog and like, what would he, you know, if he were a person sort of like, what would he, who would he be? What are his, his uh, flaws and his shortcomings and his strengths and whatever they are, you know, the hilarious part. And I've, I've again, seen this from afar many times and it's hilarious every time for me, the human genuinely has an answer within the first two seconds of you even asking a question, which maybe you would think they would never have given that thought before, but they have definitely thought about the answers to the questions you're asking. Oh yeah. And and it comes from a very authentic emotional place because it's not about them. You know what I mean? You like, you ask people about themselves and they'll give you sort of the superficial answer, right? Yeah. The, the, their it's like their Instagram version. feed. It's yeah. curated. It's everything. Right. The curated version of themselves, their ideal. Whereas you ask them about their dog and they say, Oh, he's, Still shits in the house or whatever. He, or he, <laughs> and then he, smiles he, at me. Yeah. He, that, that time he got skunked or whatever, you know, it's just like they just jump into like the most embarrassing thing because it's the funniest thing. And the dog doesn't give a crap about, uh, that you're telling the dog's it. sitting there. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I did yeah, that. I'm, I'm going to do, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we, we love that and admire that because we wish we could be so fluid and so, um, so real, but, Definitely get but, that. uh, Alas, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask you, because I, I know that you got pushback when you originally started doing this and you started actually communicating that you were the doggest and this is the path you're choosing. And you got met with a bunch of blank stares like you're going to do what and not get a job. Yeah. Like how, how did you power through that? Because yeah. I feel like a bunch of people listening either are running into that with their same passion project that they want to turn into a business mm-hmm. or just are seeing some sort of hurdle, if you will shout out Emily, mm-hmm. uh, to do what they love. Yeah. Cause it's hard to push through that. Yeah. And that is a very, that is sort of the question. It's like literally yesterday, some kid approached me and he's like, are you a photographer? Uh, like, yes. Um, what do, I'm a photographer too. What he literally asked me what you're asking me. And, uh, you know, my story is not exactly the same as everyone's. And I feel like I was lucky in that regard and that it sort of got traction quickly, but it really is all just about executing and not considering what other people are like. Not if you have your mind on other people's minds, then you're just going to create excuses to not, you're just going to find a way out so that you can take a more proven path. But if you sort of have your head down and you just stop, Ask, stop talking and you just start like, you know, this kid had his camera in his bag. I said, where's your camera, buddy? And he's like, oh, in my bag, my bag. Why isn't your bag? Mine's like on my hip, ready to go. Knee pads on. Yeah. I'm a shooter. Yeah. This is, this is about to happen. It's happening right now, but yeah. it's about to happen. Yeah. You're not a dog. So I'm not going to take right, a picture, right, but, but it's, you know, like it, my, my, I was fortunate to be fired. Right. Like what I've had, the, what I've had the gumption to quit on my own. I don't know. Like I do think it was sort of a self-fulfilling thing in a way. And like, if, if I really was delusional, then I would have tried harder at my job, but I, I was sort of gearing up to get fired in a way. So yeah, like within, I started in October of 2013 and then by December, Huffington Post picked it up. And that was sort of like the first like thing that I like put, you know, showed my parents in their face kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) See, it works. See, I'm not an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> um, Huffington Post believes I'm on me. something. Yeah. Well, you know, just sort of like no, recognition I, I that I had 
started, you're on to something. I, I was on. I, I wanted to create the Sartorialist for dogs, and they called it the Sartorialist for dogs. Is here. Um, it wasn't like it, it, it was. It was. Um, it was happening. It wasn't like I tried and like uh, close, but your pictures aren't very good. And my pictures were not very were, were were better than others at the time. Everything everyone's gotten so good at photography, basically because of the iPhone. But uh, I, what really what it was is that I was photographing dogs as if they were people. So there was also this kind of tongue in cheek uh, theme, which still I talk about all the time, which is seriously funny, where we're it's like uh, we're we're trying so hard to create these like portraits of these dogs we're trying so hard and every time the dogs like screwed up because like they uh they stick their tongue out or something or the the caption is about them eating their their poop or something or the, or they struck destroying something or escaping or we're trying so hard to keep this like serious like we're being so serious but the whole thing's a joke you know the yeah, whole thing totally. is a joke yeah um meant for joy it's it's yeah and and that is very like we're i'm trying to create this formal sort of like shallow depth of field, this dramatic moment with a dog's eye contact. And it feels like this dramatic thing is happening. And like the dog knows it's having its picture taken. <laughs> and it's the same type of thing where it's like, we personify our dogs it's like, Oh, they have, you know, they feel this way about me and they, you know, that's their favorite. And, um, and who knows whether, what, what they're actually thinking, but yeah. that is very funny. Sitting there with two middle paws <clears> up, <throat> like, you don't know me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can Watch this. Watch what I do for this photo. Right. Check exactly. this out. Exactly. You're doing it literally right now. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is the thing is like, we imagine what their, their life is like. So here's this whole thing, which like takes that to the next level where it's like, not only that, but they want to sit for portraits now and have them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And have them them be like famous on the internet. Regina woke minutes. up today, yeah. and she was trotting around. If I could only wondering who's going to take break. my headshot, right? Exactly. And who's going to tell my story? That's right. Um, lo and behold, lo and we behold, run into lucky, the dog is on right, the street. Exactly. They'll have their moment. Um, so that was that's sort of like very much my, the, my personality. I feel like it's like the sort of dry, sarcastic humor. That's where. The, that's that's the part of the doggest I feel like is is me in a lot of ways. Um, um, so yeah, it, it was I was getting eye contact. It made it feel different, whereas a lot of other photographers um, were getting dogs looking slightly off. And it's hard it's hard to to sort of see the effect. But if I'm talking to you like this, if I'm looking at your forehead the whole time. You're gonna be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's the first thought. And like, that's, that's not my face. Right. right. But so that little difference in eye contact makes all the difference. Right. <laughs> I just did it to him. It's so disconcerting when people are. So that was, a, that was sort of my, my signature was like dog looking at the, at you. It feels like you're there. Um, with their story, with their story and their name. So it really, makes them an individual personifies them and it it just sort of it there's nothing else like that happening and today i haven't seen anything that feels the same in any way i get um, that so that and like you know there are tons of dogs on the internet um but there they everyone knows that there's like a person behind it and they want the dog to be on the internet whereas it's designed for the internet. It's curated for the internet. Whereas 
there's something sort of authentic about me as a street photographer and street photography in general, which is impromptu. And like, this wouldn't have been on the internet. You wouldn't have seen this. Yeah. Unless we were in the exact same spot at right. this exact time. Right. And it would have been a fleeting moment and you wouldn't have known the dog's name. This, this never would have happened otherwise. So, um, that's another thing. It's like this sort of like, you see something that wasn't, doesn't feel like the internet it was designed for the internet sort of documentary and uh, a little glimpse into reality. Whereas when on Instagram, everything feels like very polished and not reality. It's like, who's living this life, these lives. Whereas the dog has eye boogers and was not prepared yeah. for any of this. And, uh, <laughs> but it's still thriving. And, and, but that, that is sort of, uh, we want to take a page out of their book. You know, we want, we want to be more like that. We wish we would be okay with a picture of us with eye boogers and our tongue out and our hair looking disheveled and covered in dirt. Dare to dream. We dare to dream one day. So Huffington Post hits. Yeah. And then more, you know, BuzzFeed, Oh yeah. I'm BuzzFeed sure snowballed TV. And, um, when did you make, and I know, I know you were thinking about it from the get go about how am I going to turn this into a business? Like this is absolutely monetizable. How am I going to do this? Was there any specific moment? Because now you have multiple lines of revenue into your business. So you, you, I think you do a great job with your brand. And now it's, it's almost on, it's not on autopilot, but it, it's just, you know what to do. When, when did it click for you about the first path for monetization? Well, the first thing was book concept because literally I had agents hitting me up. Um, that felt cool. Like, Fun right. fact, Elias is a two-time New York Times well, best-selling author. One-time New York Times best-selling author. Well, I'm going to give you two. Yeah. The second book is from the author of a, New York, uh, from a New York Times best-selling author. But the first book was the biggest splash for sure. Um, and it is, it is, to me, like the definitive doggest book. It's literally called The Doggest. Um, Your namesake. Yes. It's named after me. Um, and then the puppy's book. Is also great, uh, but you know, it's the second book and about puppies and uh, I mean, it's, it's it's they're both amazing. But I would say the first book is more variety and sort of like the essence. Great coffee audience. table book. It's sort of like you flip open any page and you're you're having a good time. But yeah, the the book was sort of the first thing that really also solidified like, oh, this is a viable business model. Like, um. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some money. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. You know, I remember, yeah. I remember you telling us about yeah. the and, deal and everything. And, yeah. and we're like, yes. It, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, we had an auction for the book, you know, meeting with like, we had like bids from the 12 big auction houses or big uh, publishing houses. Um, felt like, you know, if I was like sitting at the head of the table with all, you know, it felt like I was wanting to dine. Yes. <laughs> um, and that was amazing. And, and then that, you and got into, brand deals right so then um, just doing paid so, posts so then it's, it's yeah working with, working with brands um awesome brands um doing uh and I'd, I'd have to say you've done a good job about remaining particular around which brands you actually accept because i'm sure the floodgates are open and, and you could be posting about drain cleaner and, and all kinds of stuff. Well, that's an extreme example, of course, right. but you, you, you do a very good job you, of curating. You have to say no a lot of the time to brands, right? Because uh, everyone wants your help, right? Which is fine. 
like shooting Neiman Marcus's accessories catalog, that felt very elevated. And that's a cool, very cool brand integration. Right. Um, and then, you know, working with a lot of other sort of the ones you might expect. A couple car companies. Google. Yeah, we did a we did a thing, a rescue rides or one of the things that we've been doing co-sponsored with car companies. We did BMW. Aston Martin was cool. Uh, and then Tesla recently. Who knows what's next? Yeah. But, but uh, they're to dream. I'm glad you brought up rescue rides. You do have a very solid charity and adoption component to the doggist. Yes. Uh, can you can you tell the listeners what you do there? Early. Yeah. Well, you know, I think very early on in the in the project, I realized that it was more than just a silly joke. You know, like let's do search trailers for dogs. You know, I came across a dog that had been, you know, like uh, it was a pit bull, and he or she had been a victim of breeding abuse and was in a shelter. And I was like, this is like a profound and serious story that I have to, it's part of what I have to do. It's not just dogs being derpy. Um, so that was sort of like, this is more, this is the whole story of dogs. And a lot of the dogs that I meet on the street are from shelters. So they're lucky that they, they made it out. They made it out. Right. And they, um, are healthy and happy and have a couch and the family. That's the way dogs are social animals. That's the way that they want to live. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I felt like I, I wanted to visit, go to the shelters and, and tell these dogs story that aren't walking on the streets yet. I'm lucky that I get to, my job is literally a walk in the park, but sometimes my job is to be in a shelter that smells and is loud and, Pressing and and you're able to use the platform that you've built up yeah. through the derpiness to hopefully right. find a nice, kind, comfortable home for some of these shelter dogs. Yeah. If I can help, then I have to. If I can, then I have to. So that was that's been a part of the project from the beginning. You have a pretty good success rate too. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, regardless of whether or not a dog gets adopted because it was featured on the dogist or someone saw it that way every dog that I have featured has found a home one way or another. And it's whether or not it's that dog, you gain an appreciation for the plight of pit bulls. You gain appreciation for that organization that is, that does all they can to help these dogs and, and transport them and all, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, and it's just part of the story and probably makes you appreciate your dog more and opens you up to the, the idea of adopting a dog instead of going to a breeder. And, you know, I, I, I do believe that you should do what you feel like doing either way. And yeah, you're not saying a breeder's bad, good, but good. if you're indifferent or if you can and you want to adopt, you should probably adopt. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing. Dogs who are, are uh, um, mixed breeds that are not purebred, so to say, uh, are unique one-of-a-kind dogs who are very good. They're good or good boys and good girls. <laughs> and, uh, and it's very powerful feeling that you get and fulfilling thing that you, you're doing a good deed. You know, you save their life. If not their life, then another, you're making space for another dog to not, you know, be put down. Um, so great. it's, it is a, uh, moving part of the project and it, and it's, uh, very important that I 
do that regularly and I, and I do, and it's, uh, it's powerful. Charity component, business component, the second foray into revenue, actually third, because we talked about two, uh, merch. Was that, was that the next jump doing the t-shirts and now tote bags, which just came out? Oh yeah. No. So then I guess a few years in, I, I had a project manager who was helping me, you know, manage everything and manage all the, the, the product stuff or the projects. Uh, and then this last two years, last year and a half, uh, I brought on a CEO and, uh, as a team now we are, um, building out sort of beyond just my images, just my project. How can we create something for, for people, for dog people, essentially for, um, a full on lifestyle brand. Yeah. A lifestyle. And, um, how do you like, I feel like the whole, what, what exists currently is kind of cheesy ends up being like, you know, dog, you know, mom or, or whatever it is. It's not really done in an elegant way. And as a New Yorker, uh, there's sort of this street style minimalist aesthetic and the sort of, uh, polished sort of, uh, simple, simplified look. Um, and that's what I wanted. I wanted that for myself. And, uh, you know, I saw, you know, people wear the polo logo all the time or the Lacoste logo. Um, why not make it a dog? And, um, I wear it basically every day. And when I wear it, I feel like people see me and they're like, oh, you're like, you're wearing a dog on your shirt. That's I cute. like you. That's, I like you. <laughs> you're good people. <laughs> yeah. So that's sort of like the, that was sort of the, the other thing that I wanted to solve for is like, how do you walk around and, and be a dog person without saying literally dog person. Yeah. Although that is a concept that we're working on. I, as it should be. Right. I, people like direct. They don't, they don't want to beat around the bush anymore. Um, and we've also have like now sister brands to the doggest, which are the dogs collective, which is sort of user submitted, uh, and like memes and sort of the, we think of it like a family. So the doggest is like the oldest, the eldest child who's like trying to, you know, be serious, but, but sees that, um, you know, siblings are having fun, wants to have fun too. Yeah. Um, but the collective is sort of the, the place for the community to submit their pictures and we can, uh, just be a little more experimental with things. Uh, and we also now have two dogs, which are part of the team. We have Finn, his account is called keeping Finn. And that came out of uh, a project, the, the first rescue ride where we adopted, where we fostered a dog from Puerto Rico. And I invited my brother to come with me on this trip. And we both, you know, everyone fell in love with the dog, but he was in a position to keep the dog and take the dog because he had been traveling around the country in a sprinter van, living the van life. And the dog sort of makes that all worthwhile. Yeah. It makes it, you know, 10 times better. Um, so, and he had quit his job and I gave him my camera and he had been sort of, so he has his own story that's sort of like, uh, coming, finding, finding your passion kind of thing. Um, so now he has this whole platform and, and this whole following, you know, it sort of was launched from the doggest and, uh, and he, he has his own whole thing going on and it's, and we, the doggest sort of, we represent him and he's getting his own deals, you know, he just got something with LG and another branch on the brand. Exactly. Um, and then more recently, um, 
Isabel, my project manager, uh, rescued a dog from Korea, and his name is Simon, and his account is Simon Sets. And uh, that's a whole, it's a whole second, another thing. So the project is definitely expanding. It's more than, it's beyond me. I'm still doing the same, I'm still doing the work. Yeah. I'm still like, uh, you're still every, the every, I'm still, every picture is mine. Um, it's what I love to do the most. Uh, but we're, we're sort of the doggest name and umbrella brand is, is, has more, more things to, to grow into bigger shoes to fill. Because I think as a brand, it does have that versatility. It does have the, the sort of legs. Uh, so, so we're, we're figuring out now and how to do that. How do we're, we're working on creating our brand platform and distilling like, who are we? What is it? What is the doggest? What is, what are these sister accounts? How does it all, how do we communicate? What's our voice? Um, so that as we expand, we can stay true to that instead of be discombobulated. And, you know, that's what, just like we want people to be consistent and totally and not all over the place. We want the brand to be something and not other things. So right. That's the, that is the challenge. And, uh, going well and but you know for me I, now it's i'm not just a photographer and, and a, an adventurer anymore i am still those things but i am now like i'm designing clothing and it's hard what can't you do <laughs> well it uh <laughs> not everything but uh it's just a whole different challenge so um but that's that's what being an entrepreneur is is like just keep going and the problem gets more complicated and bigger and you're like, well, figure that we'll out. figure that out too. <laughs> we listed out a bunch of accounts. The best place for people to find you is at the doggest on Instagram. Yes. The D O G I S T. And then we're going to link all the other accounts in the doggest world, nice. the doggest collective <laughs> Finn. Yeah. Keeping Finn and Simon sets. Yeah. And also waffle nugget is another, Bernie's mountain dog. It's my, uh, CEO, Kate Spears dog. I love that. Yeah. So we have, we have a nice little family going on. I am still dogless, which is, it pains me to say, but you at know, the same time, it's, it's actually probably better because you do a fair amount of travel and it's it, actually it's, better for the dog that you are dogless I, right now. Yes. It's the question I probably get most often. is like, what kind of dog do you have? And I have well, to, all of them are my dogs. Right. Well, that's what I say. They're all my dogs kind of, um, but I still go home and there's nothing, <laughs> but you know, it's kind of like, uh, I'm a very sort of, uh, I think of myself as like responsible person. So it's like having a kid. It's like essentially having a kid and am I ready to have a kid right now? Mm, soon ish, you know, a couple of years, maybe next chapter. Yeah. But like, I'm a single guy. Like I need to like find my person. I need to, and then we can talk kind of thing. Um, I need to focus more on like this growth stage of the business too. It's like a very um, fast moving thing. And I definitely get my dog fix. I don't know. There's never a good time. To yeah. say, you just have to, to say yes. I do want to highlight though. Elias did just drop that he is single. So we, yes. we, we can glaze over that. We can address that. That's fine. 
but that that was put out there <laughs> into know. the world and, uh, and it, it is what it is yes and, <laughs> and uh if you're if you see me on the apps don't ask about uh what my favorite dog is or my favorite dog picture is because everyone asks that <laughs> i get it i get it that's just a fun tip yeah hopefully hopefully your future partner is listening to uh the tartar project know. That's honestly why I'm here. I th- I think to find the she love of my be, life. <laughs> <laughs> Before you go, last question: What uh, what's your life motto or mantra that you you live by and either apply during tough times, good times, what have you? Um, I think it's find something that makes you different. Um, find what gives you an advantage, like in in when I put on the knee pads kind of thing, like that was the thing. So it's kind of like find your knee pads, find the thing that gives you that no one else is doing. No one else is willing to do that. No one else is like, they're not going to do that. They didn't want to do it. They don't want to commit to getting that low on the ground. They don't want to walk around, crawl around the streets. I was, and I am now the doggest, the doggest because of that. So the, you know, find something that find your knee pads, find your knee pads. There it is. Find something that, 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 sort of defines you as more committed and, and more into it than other people. Don't look, don't follow what other people are doing because very few people have cracked the nut and everyone's trying. So, you know, it's like the classic outside the box. Like, um, think about what you do for free. Think about what you, you really want to do and just do it, you know, just, and, and fail. That's that. Hurry up and fail. Just do it. Yeah. Love it. Thank you for doing this, Elias. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> if that I, is your name. <laughs> it is. I can confirm it is. <laughs> Phil Toronto. I'll, uh, I'll catch you guys next week. Thank you again for listening to the Tartar Project. We covered it. The beginning, the middle, And there's no end in sight. So Elias, thank you so much for coming on and sharing how you've built, developed, and grown the doggest with your team and and yourself leading the charge. I'm really excited to see the next projects he has in the works. Uh, We talked a little bit about that offline, but I'll definitely be promoting it when everything goes live. Check out his accounts uh, in the show notes if, if you want to see what we're talking about. If you've never come across the Doggist before, which is possible, but he is quite the audience at this point and it's only growing. So it's really exciting to watch that. And I, I really just want to highlight that he had a great point about just getting out there and doing it. I mean, shout out to episode 10, Matty Moe, the most famous artist, his life motto, go fucking do it then super applies to the doggest Elias lived that and now you heard his life mantra which I actually love and I hope it ends up on a t-shirt doggest t-shirt of course but find your knee pads and it's really cool to just see things working out for Elias and the doggest and how it's growing because he truly has an intense amount of passion for dogs what he does and and just spreading the message and it's really awesome to see. It makes me really happy to see him be so happy. And, and I mean, we have another one in the books, though. So I'm really excited. We're cruising through episodes. Episode 14. We have a ton of awesome guests to come. We've had incredible guests thus far. Thank you so much once again, as always, for tuning in. It means the world to me. I, I love doing this. This is so much fun. 
And if you could get the message out there, share this with your friends, give me five stars on iTunes, follow me on Spotify, throw me on a playlist on Spotify. If if you can do that with podcasts at this point, I think you can post when you're listening to an episode, tag Tartar Project and Phil Toronto on Instagram really means a lot to me and just getting it out there. So the audience keeps growing and we keep getting cool guests. I really appreciate it. So thank you. I'll see you next week.